Man, that was good. Both of you nailed that double fire. So tonight, uh, we're going to be starting a new series. Mr. Jamal Taylor hinted at it. We're going to start a new series tonight called Major Keys. Major Keys. Everybody say Major Keys. So if you got your Bible, let's look at 2 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. Verse 18, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. To glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. But notice it says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Can you get amen? amen? So we're going to be talking tonight about major keys. And if you're taking notes, tonight's message is called Major Key Alert. Major Key Alert. Now, who follows DJ Khaled? On Snapchat. Anybody around here, do you know who I'm talking about? Most of you know who he is. He's got some catchphrases we all know. He's getting super popular. Once again, he, he was well known. He kind of fell off a little bit. Now he's back again. Now he's on the Ellen Show, so you know he made it. He's back again. But if you follow him, actually for a hip-hop guy, he's one of the most encouraging, faith-filled people on the planet. He uplifts you when he talks. And uh, some of you know his phrases like bless up or major key alert or special cloth or they don't want you to win. They don't want you to worship either uh, tonight. Uh, but he says all these phrases that they're, they're catchphrases. And so we're going to be talking about that the next several weeks. Uh, different messages are going to have different titles related to that uh, because of uh, of him and his popularity and how uplifting he is. But this series, Major Keys, is not about hip-hop. It's not about a particular artist. It's going to be about worship. So uh, Jamal alluded to that. We're talking about worship because worship is the major key. And so that's what we're going to be speaking about the next three weeks, and then we're going to have a uh, worship night on week four. So the major key tonight is worship. Everybody say worship. And so as we start tonight, we're going to be talking about major key alert. Now this is going to be the foundation of what we build on the next several weeks. But as we start tonight, realize that you were created a worshiper. Everybody in here, everybody on the planet was created a worshiper. God created you to worship. Now the question isn't that are you a worshiper, it's what or who are you worshiping right now. Because all of us are. Now, when I say that, some, some of us in here say, well, I don't worship anything. I never lift my hands. I never sing a song. I don't worship anything. I don't have a little statue at home I bow down to. But we all are worshipers because worship is bigger than just something we do when we come to church. Worship is bigger than you just lifting your hands or you chanting something or you bowing down before an idol. Worship is a lot bigger than that. We're going to get into that tonight. Let's look over at Romans 12 and verse 1. Romans 12, in verse 1. So realize when we talk about worship, worship is bigger than 15 minutes on a Thursday night when there's music playing. Worship is bigger than Sunday morning service. 
Worship is so much bigger than that. And worship is this. I just wrote down a few things. Worship is whoever has your heart. That's who you worship. That's not necessarily God. Let's all be honest in here. That's not always God. You know what? You can worship God on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. You never miss a service. And still, God not be the one that you really worship all week long. Whatever you spend your time on and your money on, that's what you really worship. Worship is bigger than Sunday and Thursday. Worship is a lifestyle. And so the first thing we want to talk about tonight as we're starting Major Key Alert is worship is not a moment, it's a lifestyle. Worship is not a moment, it's a lifestyle. And that's really where, especially for young people, the disconnect between church and the rest of their life is. Because they feel like, well, if I just worship God on Sunday and Thursday, then I'm really a worshiper of God. That's not necessarily true. It's whoever has your heart during the week is what you worship. Whoever has your time and your money and, and, and your abilities and your thoughts during the week, that's who you worship. Now, when we come to church and we lift our hands and we sing songs, that should be an overflow of the worship we've been giving God all week. But a lot of times it ends up being the only worship that we do all week. In Romans 12 and verse 1 it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, notice that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, that's worship, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, in other translations it says that you present your bodies to God a living sacrifice, which is your act of worship. So it's saying in Romans 12, 1, that you giving your life to God completely is real worship. Not us lifting our hands is real worship. That's an overflow. But real worship is giving our life a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable to Him. That's our reasonable worship to God. Notice it says reasonable, which is kind of like it's a no-brainer. Somebody could look at your life and say, if God has given me everything that I have, if God has blessed me with everything in my life, it's the least I can do. Notice it's reasonable that I give everything back to him. It's not even a big deal. So many people act like serving God is a big deal. Giving our life for God is a big deal. He's given us his life for free. He's given everything for us. He's given us the breath in our lungs. He's given us the ability to think, to walk, to breathe, to go to school, to go to work, to live our lives. He's given us families and friends and people and everything on this life to enjoy. The least, notice, reasonable act of worship is to give everything back to him. It's reasonable. Somebody who's a reasoning person, that means thinking with their brain, could understand if God gave everything for me, it's reasonable to give everything back to God, not just at church. That's where the disconnect comes in because we sometimes feel like worship is just what we do at church, but it's not. It's a reasonable act of worship to give everything to God because he's given everything for us. It's not a moment when you feel goosebumps at church. It's not a moment when you lift your hands or you cry during a song. It's not just a moment when somebody preaches something good and you say amen. It is your lifestyle. 
And that's where the disconnect is because a lot of us try to compartmentalize our life. Not just young people, but Christians all over the world, especially Western world Christians, which is mainly Americans. We try to compartmentalize our life. And so we do have a God box, but that's just one of many boxes. So this is what happens. We got our life split up, which God never wanted our life to be split up. He wants to be Lord over all of our life, and he wants to have all of our life, every part of it, not just Sundays or Thursdays. So this is what we do. We worship God on Sunday. That's God's day. Then on Monday, we worship school in our grades. Then Tuesday, we worship sports because we're getting into sports and we have sports practice and it's all about sports and I got to be the best athlete. I got to fit in with the jocks at school. I got to be the MVP. So what I worship on Tuesday is sports. What I worship on Wednesday is my boyfriend or girlfriend because they act like they're going to break up with me. So my whole day is consumed with them, not God. And we compartmentalize our life. And so really, we haven't thought about God since Sunday. So we're worshiping different things, different days. And, and, and on the fourth day, which this is probably some of them over there, their favorite. On the fourth day, we worship video games. We worship video games. We worship pizza, which pizza's good, but we shouldn't worship pizza. We worship getting the best score. We worship getting uh, the best k- amount of kills on our video game. We want to score the most points on NBA 2K16. We worship video games on Thursday. On Friday... We worship our friends because it's Friday night and you got to go out or you're not cool. You got to go out with everybody because it's so important. And if you miss the party, then you're nothing. If you miss the homecoming game, you should go ahead and just stay home the rest of your life. So just go ahead and punch a hole in your wall because you can't go to the homecoming game. So we worship that. And then on Saturday, we worship laziness because it's Saturday. And we do nothing on Saturday, and we just waste away and watch cartoons and eat cereal. Not bad, just not God. That's the way most people live, and I'm not talking about unbelievers, I'm talking about Christians. And then on Sunday night, or on Sunday morning, you start thinking, ah, man, God, right? Let's do this again. So that's why... Just to be honest, and we all know this, that's why sometimes when we come in on Sunday morning and the praise and worship team gets up there and starts the music and starts shouting and starts talking about the goodness of God, that's why it's so awkward. You know why? Because you haven't thought about God since last Sunday. You haven't been in God's presence since last Sunday. You haven't even put him in your heart or your mind since last Sunday, so that's really not worship. Let's all be honest here. If you only worship God on Sunday, you don't really worship God. What you're doing on Sunday is just so you don't look dumb when everybody else is raising their hands. Or it's just something you do because you don't want to feel guilty because you're like, I'm here. God, I'm sorry. I haven't thought about you since last week, so I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to act like I'm singing. I'm really not. And so we need to stop this compartmentalizing our life into all these different things because God wants to be Lord of all of our life. He wants to be involved in every part of our life. And trust me, you can do that. We overcomplicate it and think about it too much and act like if I do that, then I can't be 
a normal person. People at school won't like me. People at work won't like me. I'll just be the weird Christian. Romans 12.1 in the Message Bible, and you can just write this down if you don't have the Message Bible. Romans 12.1 says this. Romans 12.1 in the Message says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. Notice what he says. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work. You're walking around life. Place it before God as an offering or as worship. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. So real practically, what God tells us that worship is, is taking our ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, going to school, walking around, time with friends, everything we do, and placing it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. So worship is not a moment, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. So we need to think about this. God can be involved in every part of our life, not just Sunday. We can worship God every day, not just Sunday. And you notice, that doesn't mean you have to be on your knees and your hands raised to worship God. You could be on the way to school and you could just be talking to God. You say, God, I'm worshiping you today. What do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to talk to today? God, I just pray right now that you'd help me to get good grades, that you'd help me to study, you'd help me to be a good example at my school. You know, when you do that, it takes literally a minute to say that to God. That's worship to God. Doesn't mean you got to stay in hours and hours. You got to get up at four o'clock in the morning and just worship God and cry and intercede and get wild. And then by the time you get to, to school, you just look like you came out of a cave because you've been crying and mourning with weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you wear sackcloth to school because you're John the Baptist eating honey and locusts. That's not what God is expecting out of you. What does God say? Practically, take your ordinary life, what you do. And give it to God as an offering. That's worship. So that's an example at school. What about in work? on your way to work? If you're driving to work, you're walking to work, you're riding your bike to work, listen to some worship music. Say, God, I worship you today. Help me to do my job to the best of my ability. Help me to use the gift that you've given me. Help me to worship you with my lifestyle, not just my words or lifting my hands. That's how you worship God. Because it's a lifestyle. It's thinking about God during the day. It's when you have time here and there. You get your Bible out. And really, there's no excuse today because you have an iPad or an iPhone or an iPod. And it has a Bible app. So, trust me, I know you're already looking at your phone 250 million times a day. Oh, you don't want to say anything? Nobody wanted to say anything on that one. I did see you all. Love is red. So... Even if you don't have a Bible, paperback, you do have a phone or an iPad or some sort of device. Hey, you could just get on your phone real quick. You got a Bible app. It's free. You don't even have to pay any money. Look up a verse. Read a chapter. It only takes a couple minutes. That's worshiping God during the day. Use that time to think about God. Put on a worship song. 
And sometimes when you could choose to do the opposite, sometimes God is going to ask you, I want you to worship me right now. That's when you see if you're really a worshiper with your lifestyle. I know you don't want me to go there, but I am. This is major key alert. There will be times in your life that God might say, when you're about to play a video game, I know you're going to be shocked. He might say, you know what? You've already been playing this game for three and a half hours. You have at least five and a half zits growing on your face as we speak. You haven't spoken to a human being in two and a half weeks. You know what? God might say, right now, why don't you give me 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Right then, you can figure out who you're worshiping. And trust me, God will say that to you sometimes. God might say, you know what? Instead of watching the 15th episode of a certain season on Netflix, why don't you spend 15 minutes, 30 minutes reading something I tell you to read, worshiping me? You know, he might even say on a Friday and Saturday night, I don't want you to go out with people, not because it's wrong, but because he wants to spend time with you. Right then is you figure out if you're a worshiper or not. Not on Sunday morning. And trust me, he'll do that if you're listening. He's done it to me. He's done it to so many other people. And right then you've got to be okay with staying home. Now when I say that, you're thinking that God's going to make you do that every Friday night. He's not. <laughs> but I'm saying there is going to be times that you're going to have to choose, what am I really worshiping? Is it really worth it? Because if it's just a moment, then you're not a real worshiper. It needs to be a lifestyle. So then we'll start living a life of overflow, not of barely getting by with our spiritual life, because our heart is towards God and we're living a lifestyle of worship. God wants all of our lives, and notice, I love it says in the message, He wants our ordinary life. You're sleeping. Come on, raise your hand if you can glorify God with your sleep. Some of you have been glorifying him a little too much in that area since love is red. You're eating. Hello, somebody. Glorify God with that pizza. Come on, that cheeseburger. Glorify God with him with a Taco Bell. Glorify God with your going to work. Glorify God with your walking around. Walk, walk, walk. Let me see. Walk. Okay. Places before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you could do for him. You still here tonight? Okay, let's go to our major key, alert number two. You ready? Let's turn back over to 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3. Second Corinthians 3, and we're going to read in verse 18 in a moment. So we're talking about worship. Worship is the major key. The second thing we want to talk about tonight is we become what we worship. We become... What we worship. Now, in the Bible, it talks so much, especially in the Old Testament, about idolatry. That's a big Old Testament word that people talk about, idolatry. You're an idol worshiper. (sighs) Idol worshiper. This could be Satan or this could be a golden calf. Either one. So... In the Old Testament, it talks a lot about idol worship. And God is super, super 
intense about what you worship. There's a reason. It's not because God's insecure. It's not because God is just jealous and doesn't want you to worship other things. It's because he knows whatever you worship, you will become like. That's why so many times in the Old Testament, he told them not to worship certain things because they started coming to be like, like them. And notice, one of the best examples is when the children of Israel made a golden calf. A.K.A. a Chick-fil-A sandwich. A golden calf. They tried to honor God, their God, a golden calf. Notice, God had done so much for them, and they made a golden calf. How dumb can you be and bow down to it? And notice, after they did that, God said, you're just like that golden calf because you're stiff-necked, you're hard-headed, you don't listen, you can't hear. Why? Just like a golden calf would be. And they started to become like what they worship. Now, they didn't turn into a literal golden calf. But he was saying, you will become like what you worship. He's not saying you're going to totally transform into that exact image. But you will become like that. And notice, the idols that they worshipped were lifeless. So the people became lifeless. Because you become what you worship. The golden calf couldn't hear, so God's children couldn't hear. Because they became like what they worshipped. That's why God is so picky, if we could say that, about what you worship. Because he knows if you worship something other than him, you're going to turn into something that you don't want to be. Are you hearing me tonight? And so we need to realize we become what we worship. We will resemble whatever we worship. Notice, for ruin or for restoration. We will become what we worship, and we will resemble what we worship for ruin or for restoration. Notice, if you worship the right thing, which is God, your life will be restored. If you worship something other than God, your life will end up ruined because you will come like what you worship. Are you still here? Second Corinthians three, eighteen tells us this exact thought. It says, but we all with unveiled face beholding him. Notice, we behold him or we worship him. And we will behold, notice, whatever we behold, we will become like. As in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Notice, and we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. So when we behold something or we focus on something and we worship it, we will become like it. Whatever you behold, you will become like. And so it says that when we behold Jesus, it says that we're going to be, notice, transformed or changed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. So when we behold Jesus, we become more like Him. When we worship Him, we become more like Him. And that's what we all want to be, more like Him. Now, I mentioned this before. Now, you like me up to now, but I'm about to say something. <clears throat> How many ever heard of Dr. Drew? He is a Hollywood psychologist. He has his own show. He used to have a celebrity rehab show that wasn't good to watch. But it showed how jacked up people in Hollywood and the music industry are apart from God. And he wrote a book called The Mirror Effect. Now, I don't know if he's a Christian, but everything he said in this book 
lines up with Scripture because he talked about the reason that our culture is the way it is, the young people are the way they are, the reason our culture keeps going down, 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 is because we worship the wrong things. He didn't say worship, but he said we look at the wrong things and we reflect what we look at. So if we look at trash, guess what? We're going to become trash. But give it five minutes. That's an inside joke. Okay, I'm not going to finish that. <laughs> five minutes. That's a, something that happened in our room. Trust me, getting ready for Love is Red, you can go from looking like a piece of trash to Carl Lentz in five minutes. Just give it five minutes. Trust me. God can do a miracle for you. Five minutes. That happened in our room. Every time we all four got dressed, we're like, I look like a dumpster right now. I look horrible. Like, give it five minutes. Calm down. You'll be okay. Then five minutes later, you're like, hey, Chad Veach, Carl Lentz, Jordan Smucker. Man, I look amazing right now. Five minutes. Okay. That's all you need. Give yourself five minutes in the mirror. But in the mirror effect, he talks about whatever we focus on, we become like. Now, at the time he wrote the book, now we don't see the show anymore, but the Jersey Shore. Talk about not an uplifting show, giving a good example on what people should be. Jim, Tan, and Laundry, that is life. But no joke, when Jersey Shore was number one show on TV, you'd be surprised the people all over the country that their focus was Jim, Tan, and Laundry because they beheld it, and guess what? They became like it, which is trashy. So, whatever we behold, we will become like. Whatever we worship, we will resemble for ruin or for restoration. Now, when it comes to worship, it's more than just you lifting your hands. Like I said earlier, it's about your lifestyle. It's about who has your heart, who has your thoughts. Who do you give your time to? Who do you give your treasure to? Now, I don't talk about this much, but I'm going to talk about it tonight because I have to be a a good youth pastor. Some of us in here, and all of us at one time, watch things that we shouldn't watch, whether it's movies, whether it's TV shows. I'm not religious, so don't, you're just being legalistic now. And then we wonder why we're struggling with issues in our life. If you watch trash, guess what? You're putting in you. You're going to become like what you watch. And you could think it's innocent. I got to see that movie. But you know it's trash. Everybody at school's seen it. Yeah, but it has 350 F words in it. But I got to see it. I have to see that series on Netflix because everybody's seen it. Do you really? Are you that desperate for entertainment? I'm not saying you can't watch TV, you can't watch movies. I just watched Zootopia the other day. And how many know we all want to become more like Zootopia because that was just a wholesome movie all the way around. So, I don't talk about this much, but I'm talking about it tonight. Because we don't realize some of these things are kicking our butts and we don't even realize. And it's not big issues. It's just watching things we shouldn't watch and we start becoming like it and we don't even realize it. Because we're feeding it into our system. So whatever we're feeding into us is going to come out eventually. Whether it's movies, whether it's books, 
whether it's music, and a lot of us will make excuses, well, I just need to know what's going on. I just need to stay up on the times. Now, I don't li- listen to strictly Christian music all the time, 24-7. But there is a point, and there is a standard, and there is a line that you can cross. If you're constantly putting that stuff in your system, you don't realize it. Eventually, you start thinking like them. And you start valuing what they value. And you don't even know where those thoughts are coming from. Well, that's because you listen to trash music all the time. And if they say that something's right, you're going to start renewing your mind to that and not to God's word. Or slowly but surely, you're reading a certain type of book, but everybody in your class is reading it. And you start thinking the way they think. And notice, you've heard this before, we start idolizing the wrong people and the wrong things. Especially for young people, young people idolize so many of the wrong things when they should be idolizing or looking up to people that have strong lives, not weak lives. If you're going to be looking up to anybody, I'm not talking about getting down and worshiping them, but it should be pastors and preachers. If you should be looking up to anybody, it should be worship leaders. If you're looking up to anybody, it should be your parents or people that went before you who actually accomplished things with their life and were successful and raised you, for goodness sakes, that you're still on the planet. That's the people you should look up to, but sometimes we look up to the trashiest people And we wonder why we are the way we are, because we're becoming what we behold. Are you hearing me tonight? And I'm not saying you can't watch movies or TV. I watch movies and TV, and I listen to the radio. I listen to Spotify and Pandora. I don't have Strictly Christian Music on my iPod. Okay, when I go to the gym, I put on on some hip-hop, and it's not all Lecrae and Trip Lee. There could be a Drake song in there every once in a while. Could be somebody else every once in a while. But I can tell if I do it too much, my mind starts going places it shouldn't go. So I got you got to get it off. Start putting on the right things. And when I say this right now, there's some of you in here that say, well, that doesn't affect me. That is bull, first of all. Because everything we listen to, everything we see, Everything we're around affects us, whether we say it does or not, it still does. (laughs) Because we will reflect what we behold. So that's why we need to put the right example. Of course, Jesus, he's number one, but we need to put the right example with people, with music, with, with what we're listening to, with what we're reading, because we will become like what we're beholding. You guys hear me tonight? So we will become what we worship, whether for ruin or for restoration. One last thing. You guys still here? Still like me? I just had to say it. Sometimes I need to say it. So the last thing we're going to talk about is the key to everything. The key to everything. Now let's look at Psalm 34, verse 9. Psalm 34 and verse 9. Psalm 34 and verse 9. 
So Psalm 34, verse 9, we're going to read it. And actually, we're going to read it from the Message Bible. So just write that down if you don't have it because it's going to read a little bit different. This is called the key to everything. Psalm 34, verse 9 says, Worship God if you want his best. I love this next part. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. Worship God if you want his best. How many say you want God's best? This verse just gave you the key to everything. He just said, worship God if you want his best. Notice, worship opens doors to all his goodness. You want the key to everything you want in life, everything that God has called you to do? Notice, worship is the key to open the door to all his goodness. Worship is the major key alert in this message tonight because worship opens doors, notice, to all his goodness. Now, David, who was a man after God's own heart, only person in the Bible that was a man after God's own heart other than Jesus Christ himself, David. And the one thing about David more than anything else is David was a worshiper of God. The thing about David was David worshiped God when nobody knew who he was. David worshiped God when he was playing his little fiddle for some sheep in the backside of the desert. Just playing that fiddle. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. So he was playing his little get fiddle to some sheep and worshiping God on the backside of the desert. And God said, if you'll worship me when nobody else is around, then I can use you. If you'll worship me when you're not on the platform, I'm preaching, you're not saying anything, then I can use you in your future. If you worship God in private, then he'll reward you publicly. And so God, through David, says, worship God if you want the best. Worship opens the door to all his goodness. If you want the major key, worship is the, the key to open all the doors to God's goodness. So David worshiped God when nobody knew him. David worshiped God when he got to the palace and everybody knew him. And realized the only time he messed up is when he stopped worshiping God. When he got away from his first love, his first person he worshiped and started worshiping other things, that's when he got in trouble. But notice because he was a worshiper, God eventually restored his life helped his life, and he came back better than he was before because he was a worshiper. So tonight, even if you messed up, if you're a worshiper, then God can use you, and God can fix it, and God can do something in your life, but you got to stay a worshiper. You know, there's two times to worship God, when you feel like it and when you don't. Those are the two times. Because God is still worthy to be worshiped whether you feel like it or not. And so really my advice for you tonight, because worship is the key, notice, to open the door to God's goodness. If you have the best life you've ever had right now, worship God. If you feel like right now you're going through the most hell you've ever been through and it is a horrible season in your life, guess what my advice is? Worship God. Whether you're on the mountaintop or the valley, worship God. Because that's how you get the door open to all of God's goodness. You know what happens a lot of times when we go into a valley or a rough place or we mess up, we stop worshiping God, but that's our only way out of the mess that we're in. But we stop worshiping, why? Because we don't feel like it. 
but you want God to open the door to all his goodness to you, you want God's best, worship is the key to everything. It's the major key. So tonight as we close, the major key alert as we begin this series is worship. If you want God's best, worship. If you want doors open in your life to the right things and God's goodness, worship. Don't act like worship is just something you do when you're at church. Worship is a lifestyle. And when God sees, hey, this person's a worshiper and they're not doing it just based off their feelings. They're doing it all the time. God will promote you. God will help you. God will heal you. God will restore you. God will bring you to the top and you will be favored when you worship God. Because worship is the key to everything. Did you guys get anything tonight? Well, let's bow our heads for a moment and pray. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for this service. Father, we thank you as we start this new series on major keys that you would give us revelation of what worship is, that we would be greater worshipers than we've ever had in our life. Father, we thank you as we start this series in the next several weeks and then we end on this worship night, that, Father, you would speak to us, you would teach us, you would minister to us, Father, we thank you that we're going to worship you no matter what we feel, no matter what we see. Father, we thank you. If we will honor you privately, you will promote us publicly. You will do things for us that we can't do for ourselves because worship is the key to open those doors to all your goodness. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for each other. We thank you for this church going forward and doing what it's called to do. Thank you for every young person that they will fulfill the plan of God for their life. In Jesus' my name. Everybody said? Amen. Why don't you guys hang around, talk, have a good time tonight. Don't head out. Recap, have a good time. Sound good? All right. Thank you. You're dismissed.